everything that's happening in your life, everything that you currently have in your reality is a manifestation of things that you've thought up until now. Hey there, you're listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast, episode 34. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each season, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve, sell, and scale your consulting business. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. If you are ready for a transparent, all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, corporate engineer turned online business consultant, Jerisha Hawk. The interview today is an enriching and thought-provoking discussion. You know, far too often you are focused on tactics and strategies, you know, looking at what more you need to do and what external changes you have to make to get what you want. But today's guest, Jen Casey, is going to introduce us to the practice of NLP, that's Neuro Linguistic Programming. This is the same methodology that Tony Robbins practices to help people shift into more empowered states internally so they can show up as a better version of themselves. Jen is a business and NLP coach from New York City. Through her signature programs, Pitch Your Niche and Design Your Business Vision, the Inner Boss Podcast, and her work as a master NLP practitioner and hypnotherapist, she helps online coaches think like a top earner and turn their social media into sales. When Jen isn't working, she can be found traveling, becoming best friends with every dog she meets, and spending time with her fiance, Michael. If you're ready to conquer the inner game and begin to elevate your thinking so you can become a top earner, keep listening. So before we get this episode on and popping, I want to give a listener shout out. And this one goes to Charmaine, CGP0316. And here is what they said. So much honesty. As a person trying to step out of my comfort zone and launch my own consulting business, I am so appreciative of Jerisha's honesty in the stories of her guests. Jerisha keeps it real and gives you great feedback. Thank you for your work, Jerisha. So happy to have gotten the chance to chat with you. And Charmaine, it was a pleasure chatting with you as well. One thing that I love to do is to connect with you. And there are two ways that we can do that consistently. One is you can leave a review. And by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review, because I may just pick you for an upcoming episode on the podcast. I would love to be able to hear more about what this podcast is and how this podcast is helping you move forward. So make sure to subscribe and leave a review. And I won't make you wait any longer. All right. Let's dive right on into this week's episode. Jen, you have a wide range of expertise and I want to allow you to explain who you are and what problem you solve for the clients that you get to work with in your own terms, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, of course. First, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. And NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And to break that down, neuro refers to your neurology, linguistics is your language, and programming is kind of the way that all functions together, the way that our brain is programmed. It's kind of like a computer. So if you think about it that way, it makes it a little easier. And I primarily work with online coaches in health and wellness and network marketers who want to turn their social media into sales, who want to become course creators or leverage their time and think like a top earner. So with my higher level clients, we tend to work a lot more 
on the mindset stuff because they've got the strategy in place. Then they're realizing, oh my God, launch free fall. Oh my God, overwhelm. Oh my God, running a business. So we definitely approach things more of the mindset side so that they can get to that next level. Yeah. And I know that you're in the process now of like revamping and updating your program. We're going to talk a lot more about NLP specifically, (laughs) but I relate to you a lot with that because the program is pitched to your niche. And (laughs) I'm really, really big on the POP method, like picking one person and really identifying who your minimum viable audience is. Mm -hmm. But can you talk a little bit about how, because we both work, I work with coaches, consultants more in like the business space most of the time, but getting stuck in this perfectionism trap of even being able to pick the niche and being able to be confident in like narrowing down and niching down and focusing Mm -hmm. on a minimum viable audience. Is there just anything you can speak to from your personal experience with growing your business or even how you help your clients shift their mindset to not think they have to be everything to everyone, but to like, you need to decide who you're for, but like also who you're not for. Yes. I'm so, I love that you also love this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is like my favorite thing. So yes, there's from all the women that I've worked with, there's always seems to be a sticking point for people where there's a lot of fear, a lot of scarcity, and a lot of that perfection mindset comes in when they have to pick their niche and niche down. And I think we can approach it from a couple of different directions. The first person is like, I can't niche down because I have to market to everyone. Everyone needs what I sell. But Jen, I can serve everyone. And one example that I love giving is Planet Fitness. And Planet Fitness increased their revenue, I think in 2017, to $429.9 million by 13.7%. And I say, let's take a look at Planet Fitness's marketing strategy. Well, they publicly exclude who they don't want in their, in their gyms. They have niched into the average Joe. They have a $10 a month membership. They're doing a volume business with quantity. And part of their business model is the hope that not everybody that has a membership is going to show up. Otherwise, they would probably not be able to fit all the people in their gym. But they make it a low ticket offer. They have pizza day on Mondays. They've got Tootsie Rolls at the front door. They have a lunk alarm on the wall that says, you know, no dropping weights, no string tank tops. Press this lunk alarm if anyone's being a lunk and like we'll kick them out. And then it's like, judgment-free zone, which I find completely ironic because that's like the most judgmental thing I've ever seen in a gym. But when we look at their marketing strategy, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are they doing? Because clearly we can all agree that they're successful. Well, they have a very clear niche and they are being very unapologetic about letting the people who are not that avatar, like we don't want you in our gym. If you're a weightlifter, do not come here. So I think we can learn from them like, and really ask the question, if niching down was going to prevent people from coming, wouldn't Planet Fitness be broke? And if staying general was the key to profits, wouldn't Planet Fitness like, you know what I mean? Like we just have to like really ask that question, really analyze. So that's one thing where it's like, there's proof in the pudding. Like when we look at the successful businesses, they have a very clear and specific person that they're marketing to, even Target. Target knows the pain points of their audience. And that's why they've created a raving fan culture right? So we've got the evidence. We can look, it doesn't even have to just be in the small bubble of like the coaching and consulting world. We can look at the big box brands and really see that they are following the exact same psychology backed principles of marketing. And then the other thing is, so on one end of the spectrum is the belief, I have to market to everyone because everyone needs what I sell. And then the other thing that I hear oftentimes is, well, I can't niche down, Jen, because if I niche down, 
it's like, I remember a client one time said, I can't attach because it's like going from a big ocean with a really big net. I can catch all these fish to now marketing to this really, really small pond with this really small net. And I was like, oh, I was like, thank you so much. You just perfectly, perfectly illustrated the biggest misconception and the biggest fear. Like she visually created a metaphor for the biggest fear around niching down. I said, the truth is when you don't niche down, it's like trying to fish with the wrong bait. You're not going to catch a shark with a piece of shrimp. So you can scream out into the ocean, but if you're not in the right spot, right? There's people, there's fishermen who go out and fish. And if they're like hunting for clams, but they're in the middle of the deep sea, like clams aren't hanging out over there. You know what I mean? Like, but people don't realize that they're just like, I'm just going to spread myself as thin as possible and try to just talk to anyone and everyone in hopes that that will convert. And the truth is you're just going to spin your wheels. You're just going to waste time because you're yelling into the abyss and hearing your own echo. So yeah, I'm like, you've got to niche down for that reason. And also I was like, when you have a clear person that you're speaking to and you know their pain points, you know what they're going through, you know the problem you solve. When you show up on social media and do a live video or write your sales copy, create content, whatever it is, it's like having a dog whistle that only your ideal client can hear. Mm. Yes, you're going to repel the people. They're going to keep scrolling because it doesn't resonate for them. But then when you start getting those messages, those inbox messages from people like, oh my God, you are in my head. Or do you have a camera in my house? Like that's when you're like, yes, like I'm nailing it. Even if it's one person, people are like, oh, my engagement went down. I'm like, yeah, but one person reached out to you. And so that you literally were in their head. That matters so much more. Stop worrying about getting all these people in. Stop worrying about getting all this like high level engagement or the the numbers, like the number of followers. They're not your ideal client. They're never going to buy from you. You're not setting yourself up for having a profitable business. Well, again, I love everything that you just said. If you guys have been going deaf to what I'm saying, please listen to every word that Jen just said. Because yeah. I agree with you. Like, I mean, yeah. I always use the reference of like Kevin Hart because I just love, yeah, I I love, love him. him. But you think about like who Kevin Hart is and how he built his platforms. Like he was a comedian before he was everything else. Like I love the analogies that you use to explain it. But I, can you explain like when you started using NLP, neuro-linguistic programming mm-hmm. in your business and how that allowed you to really transform the results you've been able to get for yourself, but also like for your clients? Yeah. So I was, I mean, I have a degree in psychology. I was going to go down the you know therapist route. My mom and my aunt are both therapists. So it's always been a big part of like the whole psychology of why people do what they do has always been a big passion of mine. I was an actor. So I was always looking at that as well. Like, oh, let me figure out like, what is their motivation? But what's been really fun is introducing the NLP. And I didn't really fully know what NLP was until I went to my first Tony Robbins event back in July, I think of 2017. That was the first one. And I had listened to his audios and studied his materials. But when you actually get in the room and really understand and just experience it, it's just on a completely different level of connection. So I remember coming home from that event and just being like, I got to change my whole approach to like life coaching. And I was for a month or two, I just like, didn't know what to do. I just felt completely paralyzed. I remember doing a podcast interview. It was one of my like first podcast interviews that I was brought on for like person who I really admired. And he's like, so what do you want to talk about? What's really like going on for you in your business? And I was just like, I don't know. Like everything has changed. Everything's pivoted. Who am I? How do I show up? Because I realized that I had been doing all this business strategy coaching was like great strategies, 
But I was looking at my, you know, student roster, my, you know, maybe hundred people in a coaching group going, okay, why is this sliver of people, you know, having a ton of success, growing their business, you know, big, like signing three, four, five high ticket clients, having like 5k, 10k launch, like, you know, or newer business owners, but having like considerable success, like the first big yeah. launch that leads to many launches. Then there was like the people who were like, you know, eight weeks in finally signed like the small ticket client. And then there was like the people who were showing up, they were getting visible, but they weren't like asking for the sale. And then there were people who just didn't, then there were people who didn't come at all. And then there was like the group of people who just sucked to the energy of the group, which were rare, but it was like the people who were not taking responsibility for their business, who wanted a lot of extra handholding in a group program, who were asking a lot of silly questions. Like what should I name my Facebook group? As opposed to coming to the table going, Hey, I have these three Facebook group name ideas, which do you think is best? What feedback can you give me? Right. So there was like a really weird spread of people not showing up at all to people showing up disempowered to people kind of showing up to people like absolutely crushing it. And I was like, what is going on? Like we're missing something here. Like this group program, every single person is the same opportunities, the same strategy, the same coaching. So why are some people crushing it and some people just flailing around in chaos? So when I started to like bring in the NLP stuff, it really opened my eyes to understanding not just what they were going through, but how to actually coach them in a way that would get them out of that state and into an empowered state so that they could show up and do the work and get the same results as people who were crushing it. So it was really an interesting journey. And I had gotten certified and then got went and did my master practitioner training and master hypnotherapy and all that. And it's just been really amazing to integrate this into what I talk about in my business. And for me, it's been the most transformational thing for my own life. And so it's been really exciting to share that with other people. I am just like in awe and I feel like you're an advanced version of like where my state of mind is. Like this is like aiming where I want to be. So I'm just so glad we've been able to connect. But I guess like, because I've been studying a lot about sales psychology and just understanding why people take action, how they take action, what prompts them to take action and understanding like how irrational we are as buyers. But Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting in regards to understanding like this NLP, like how do you, based off what state of mind you're in, how do you shift your state to get into an empowered place? So really understanding NLP has made you a more transformational coach for your clients, but also you've been able to implement that on yourself. So I get, this is just amazing. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> Who doesn't love Tony Robbins? And it's like, I watched this yeah. documentary, I Am Not Your Guru. Oh, so good. So that was my first but You know what is funny about that title, which I realized after I studied NLP, when you look at the subconscious mind, it doesn't understand no, not. Like, you know how people talk about manifestation? They're like, if you're setting a goal, don't say, I want to get out of debt. Because all you're really focused on is the debt. Mm. So if I said to you, don't think of a blue tree what do you immediately think of? The blue tree. The blue tree, right. Because your conscious mind has to create a picture of it in order for you to delete it. So when Tony Robbins created that title, I'm not your guru, what is he actually saying? I am the guru. And I'm like, you sneaky, <laughs> sneaky man. Wow. I never would have thought, like I Pretty. never would have connected that dot. Yeah. So like maybe walk us through how you are using that to coach your clients. Cause maybe they're in the program they're not getting the results they mm-hmm. want. They're not seeing the success they want as fast as they wanted. Or their definition of success as they start doing the work starts shift and change. Mm-hmm. So it's like they don't even perceive the wins that they're getting as actual wins. Like, yes. I don't even know what question to ask right now. No, but like, I totally, I know exactly through that. I've got a couple of specific ways in which I've used it. <laughs> the first way, which I don't usually bring up, but you kind of mentioned like on sales calls, 
when you're having a conversation with someone and you teach stuff around sales goals, so you're asking people like, okay, what are you most struggling with? And what are you working on? What are the things that you want to achieve? I think one trap that a lot of people get in with sales calls is just, or even if you're writing sales copy, is they hammer home all the pain points and they do an effective job of unearthing all of the problems that person has. But what a lot of people do is they jump the gun on trying to close the sale while the person is in that state, right? Because when they're like, I'm stuck, everything's hard, I'm not having success. Okay, great. Sounds like you're really looking to, like you should join my program. No, what you have to do, and I'm sure... If you guys have studied sales, a lot of this stuff is based in NLP as well. But there's things like future pacing. That's what it's called, where you're like, okay, well, what are the things that you do want to achieve? And what you're doing essentially from an NLP's perspective is you're helping that person to reframe and create pictures in their mind because we all think in pictures and movies. So you're having them create pictures and movies in their mind that are what they do want because the things that you, the internal representations of pictures and movies impact your state. And if someone's in a disempowered state, they're not going to say yes to buy. Support for our show today came from the contract shop. Let me ask you something. Do you feel protected in your business? Like actually hold up in a court of law protected? Like L. Woods protected? When I first started working with clients, I pieced together resources I found on Google to come up with a sorry excuse of a contract template. After signing on a few clients, all hell broke loose. Clients were not showing up to calls, asking for extra things that were not originally agreed upon, and missing payments. I had no idea what I was supposed to say or how I should go about enforcing the boundaries we previously communicated. A legit coaching contract would have prevented all of this foolery from taking place. If you don't have a solid coaching agreement, this is the perfect time for you to visit jerishahoff.com backslash contract to get yourself a contract that protects your business, your bank account, and most importantly, future you. The contract shop provides contract templates and all the legal paperwork you need to run your business well. Within 10 minutes, you'll have the coaching contract template that is customizable to suit your business. It is super easy to add in your own details and you'll feel way more confident knowing your contract has been vetted by someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash contract to get your coaching contract template today. That's so that's why when you move someone through a sales call, the beginning is learning more about them. You kind of dig a little bit deeper and then you've got to bring them out of that. Then you've got yeah. to get them into, okay, what's possible? So that's one way, a very simple way to kind of apply some of these NLP type things to your business. One way that I use it in my coaching, this was actually really funny. I, um, in my program, Pitched Your Niche, I don't do a lot of hands-on coaching in there, but I do like a Q&A once a month. And so I had turned on that evergreen funnel, a bunch of new people joined and they weren't super familiar with me. So I said, okay, guys, we're going to do live Q&A tomorrow. Drop your questions below. And within a few minutes, the questions started filling in. I don't know who started it. But, well, I'm really overwhelmed with da-da-da. I'm really stuck with da-da-da. I'm really struggling with da-da-da. And so instead of getting on and actually answering a single one of their questions, I was like, oh, hell no. Like, we are not starting this program with this energy. But they weren't even consciously aware of it. And so I hopped on video and I was like, so you have to understand, your language is impacting your results. So when you say things over and over again, like, I'm stuck, I'm struggling, what are the pictures that you were creating in your mind? And they were like, 
oh, wow, I'm picturing myself with my feet in concrete. Okay, so that's the picture that you're hammering home to your subconscious mind. And so when you're like, hey, I want to find answers, but you also are holding the vibration and the pictures of stuck, 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 your subconscious mind goes, okay, no problem, you're stuck. And it's not going to allow you to, it's literally going to block those answers from coming. Because when you repeat any mantra to yourself, like I just did a podcast interview about an hour ago and she was like, what do you tell people, you know, if they're afraid to introduce, you know, positive affirmations or they're afraid to introduce affirmations and they don't want to walk around their house talking to themselves. And I was like, that's funny because that's probably what you already do. You just aren't consciously aware of it. You're going, I suck. I'm the worst, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so if you just change the language and become conscious and intentional about it, then you won't feel so crappy all the time. (laughs) It's actually really simple to change. We just overcomplicate the heck out of it. Yeah. And we practiced and rehearsed through repetition the old stories and the old beliefs. And so we've created these really rock solid neural pathways in our brain. And so, in order to create new ones, we need to apply the same principles repetition and consistency. So, you have to consistently repeat the new beliefs and mantras to combat the old ones. And eventually, that the new one will become stronger. Yeah. One thing that I'm hearing you say is when we have the power to rewrite our, I don't even know the correct terminology. Yeah. It's our programming of our beliefs, our values, our identity. So we have the ability. So you listening to this right now, Mm -hmm. you have the ability to rewrite the programming in your mind. But something else I think that's, I don't know, I think also are partially wired like this is because what you're saying is not rocket science. Like it's simple to start making these shifts, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I know for me, I know for maybe somebody who's listening, like we can hear somebody tell us something simple, but because it sounds so simple, we don't fully believe in the power of it. Or we don't fully believe that like, it's too simple to do. It's not going to get results. Like it has to be way more complicated than this. And I just didn't know if you had anything to speak to that. Cause I think a lot of probably what you teach your students similar for mine, like we teach very simple strategies that are extremely effective. Like Mm -hmm not making you jump through hoops, not making you go through a lot of like busy work to keep, you know, in the fluffy, like it's, this is just down, this is just what it is. And it is very simple to get results. But like, I guess for somebody who's thinking like, I hear what you're saying, but it's just that simple. Yeah, I I totally get it. So I think when we look at like, so this is the communication model. I'll walk through this and hopefully this will give some clarity. And then I've got some other things that we can speak to as well. So when we're little kids from like zero to seven years old, we are walking subconscious minds. And our subconscious mind takes everything personally. And so when we're little kids, we don't have any kind of filtration system. So when the little boy says to you, you're ugly, or your face is weird, or you're not fun, go away, that sinks in real deep because we don't have any filters up yet. So as we get older, we run into things. We want to become an entrepreneur. We want to get on live video. And all of a sudden, that little voice, that fear, that belief comes popping up and rearing its ugly head. And that is an opportunity for us to deal with it. But people get frustrated and they go, but what's wrong with me? Why can't I just get rid of these beliefs? Why can't they just go away? Well, they're showing up, first of all, for you to release them. But when we look at the way that we take in information, let me backtrack for a sec. We are taking in, well, we are being given 2.3 billion bits per second of information. And our conscious mind is filtering that down to 126 bits per second. So 2.3 billion, 126 bits per second. And we're doing this. So when I'm saying we're taking in information through our five senses, so visually we're hearing it, we're touching it, we're smelling it, we're tasting it. So we're getting all this information 
And then in order to protect ourselves and allow us to actually function, we are deleting, distorting, and generalizing information. We have to, otherwise we wouldn't function. And so it's the way where you're sitting in a room and all of a sudden somebody makes you aware of the honking outside or the buzz of the lights that are next to you. And you're like, oh, I didn't recognize that was there before. Or have you ever walked through your house and you're like, I forgot we had a shelf there. What? How long is that shelf? We've always had that shelf in the bathroom. I just like forgot that was there because it wasn't important. So your brain just deleted it because it didn't need to take in that information. And the part of our brain that's doing this is called the reticular activating system. It's the RAS. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. So we're deleting and distorting and generalizing. And our filtration system is basically, we're filtering things through our identity, through our values, through our beliefs, decisions, memories, and then also our mood, the time of day. Like if you're really tired and cranky or hangry, like you're going to have a different like opinion about something, a different perspective. So we're filtering, deleting, distorting, generalized through those filters. And then once we go through that, we create what are called internal representations, which are the pictures and movies that we think in. Whatever pictures and movies you're thinking, like we mentioned before, I am stuck, I am struggling, I'm overwhelmed, that's going to impact your emotional state. Now, all of a sudden, you're feeling really low vibe. You're like, oh. And what starts to happen? Your physiology kicks in. Or sometimes it can be the pictures first. Sometimes it can be physiology first, where you're just sitting at your computer and you're hunched over and like you're having really shallow breaths. And that's telling your body and your brain, we're depressed, we're tired, because that's the physical positioning of somebody who's depressed. But you're like, I don't actually feel depressed. I'm just sitting like a person who's depressed. So I guess I got to just adjust my posture and whatever. So we've got those things that are now our state is impacting our behavior. If we're in a disempowered state, like I was saying on a sales call, if somebody is feeling really defeated, what is their behavior going to be? Are they going to say yes to buy? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our behaviors are state dependent. You go for a run when you feel good, when you feel excited, you get on my video when you're feeling inspired. And then you sit on the couch and binge Netflix when you're feeling frustrated yeah. for stress avoidance. So our behaviors are what determine our results. And for those of you who like numbers, well, if you look at somebody's behaviors over you know, 30 days, 90 days, even a week, you can determine what their result is going to be based on how they're showing up consistently. It's not rocket science. The information's there. You can backtrack and look at what you did the last 90 days and probably go, well, yeah, it's no surprise that I either had the big launch or stuck my head in the sand and did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of like the communication model of NLP and how we take in information, process it, and how each piece is kind of connected. Now, when people are saying, I want to change the way that I'm thinking, you're totally able to do that because everything is just a pattern. It's just neural pathways, patterns that we've created in our mind. And these neural pathways are like freeways and everything's going full speed ahead. And it was funny, I was talking to somebody earlier and they're like, oh yeah, it's the way that they connect together. I was like using my hands to connect. She's like, oh, it's kind of like in the movie Avatar when the characters like attach themselves to uh, the plant. And I was like, that's exactly what it looks like in the brain when you learn something new, when you create a new neural connection. So you can just use that picture. And actually when someone is primed with the image of that, it increases their ability to change and learn because they actually have a visual to go along with it. That was a little something from Dr. Joe Dispenza. <laughs> And one of the things that he says as well is that we think 92% of the same thoughts from the previous day. Oh, wow. So, and we, this happens because our brain is trying to 
be efficient. And so it puts as much as possible on autopilot. And when people are trying to change their behaviors and beliefs, it's almost like when you first learn how to drive, or I don't drive ship stick, but you've got to like manually change everything. And it requires more attention, more focus, a little more energy, because you actually have to like figure out how to put the car in gear. Oh, I forgot to put on, turn the light on and do all these things. And that's when we are looking to take something that's been on autopilot for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, what we fire together, we wire together. Mm. So when we've been doing that every day for several decades, and now all of a sudden we wake up tomorrow and go, well, why can't I just change this belief? You've been holding this belief for the last 30 years. Like, yeah. So give yourself a break, like cut yourself some slack. You're going to be fine. You're creating really very high expectations for yourself. And listen, can somebody change like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Because a lot of times the decision to change is what takes a long time, not actually the change. change. But that said, we still need to be consciously looking at the science of it. Okay. If 92% of our thoughts are the same from yesterday, well, you can cut yourself a lot of slack because you're now trying to take things that have been unconscious or subconscious for a very, very long time and you're trying to change them. And it's not only in your brain, it's also in your body. Mm. So, the challenge with this for a lot of people is that you want to change your thought, you want to change your behavior, but you're being exposed to the exact same thoughts, which you, that's coming from you, but also the same external stimulus and stimuli, right? You're meeting the same people who are triggering the same things in you. You are eating probably at the same places, going to the same food. You've got your routine. And so for some people, you know, they'll get up and they'll move to a totally different part of the world, or they'll do something extreme to try to help move that forward. But I don't think that's necessary. It's just a matter of recognizing that it requires exactly what it required to get it there. You spent years with that specific belief, repeating it like a mantra, hypnotizing yourself to believe it to be true, embedding it into your belief system, your DNA, your being. And so now it's just a matter of creating a new one intentionally. And yeah, it might feel uncomfortable. In fact, it probably will. And that's because you're now taking something that was on autopilot and relearning how to do it, relearning what to believe. And at first, it might even feel like a lie. Like people who have had the belief you have to work hard to make money. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying money comes effortlessly and easily to me. Yeah, okay. Feels like a lie. But eventually, if you say it enough, it won't feel like such a lie anymore. And then you'll start to, because you start saying it, your reticular activating system, the part that filters your 2.3 billion bits per second to 126 bits, that RAS, it's going to start looking for evidence of the new belief because mm. it's filtering based on what you believe. So yeah. if you start creating a belief, everything's easy. My business feels fun. My team supports me. I trust my team fully. Clients come to me and want to pay me in full. Like All of those beautiful things, if you start saying those things, you will start to find evidence for them. And then that's just going to reinforce your belief and it all compounds. And all of a sudden that old belief will just kind of disappear. This is so good. Like, (laughs) so good. I I want to wrap this up with, like, what is your call to action for everybody who's listening to this? Because I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably going to listen to this twice. (laughs) I'm excited for this to air so I can listen to it again. Because like, there's so much of this is, I think, a new approach to a lot of our listeners. But what is a call to action that you something that's tangible that people can actually start doing today that you think is really important for everybody listening to this who may be getting introduced to this for the first time or is new 
these concepts? If somebody is brand new to this, I would say the, the easiest point of entry is paying attention to your emotions. Mm-hmm. So our emotional guidance system, if you look up Abraham Hicks, you can Google image search it and they'll show you a, a little kind of framework of our emotional being. So it's like the upward spiral of positive emotion and the downward spiral of negative emotion. And so for a lot of people, it can be a challenge to go from completely disempowered and depressed to happy and joyful. They're like, that's a little bit too much. So you can really just work on incremental steps if that works for you. So going from disempowerment to contentment or contentment to easiness or easiness to joy, right? So we can find those little things. And our emotional guidance system is our internal alarm system. So when we are focused on things that we don't want, we feel like garbage. We feel stressed, angry, because it's more challenging to try to audit every single thought that you think all day long. So what you could start with is just by paying attention to how you're feeling. And when you're feeling good, what are you thinking about? Like, I would say that is a great first point of entry for just starting to become aware of how you're feeling because so much of how we are is on autopilot. Mm, So just basically like when just taking like personal inventory, pulling out your notebook, I'm feeling good right now. What's causing me to feel good? I'm feeling stressed right now. What's causing Mm -hmm. me to feel stressed? And one thing you could do is also start to write down when those negative beliefs come up, you can write down what those things are. And this is actually from my friend, Dr. Shannon Irvin. She was like, when you want to challenge those beliefs, one great one thing to do is to imagine yourself saying it to the person you love most. So if you have like a child and it's like, you're a loser and nobody wants to listen to you. Nobody is going to show up for your content. Like, would you say that to the person you love most? Like you're not valuable. No, you would never say that. And so that I loved when she shared that because I was like, ooh, that like really punches you in the gut and really helps to challenge the reality and the truth to that belief. And then the other thing you guys can do is because we spend so much time focused on what we don't want. And then that's what you create. Like if you look at your life right now, you can pretty much determine these are the thoughts that I've been thinking. If you're like, I only make $30,000 a year, what's wrong? Well, it's because you have a belief and a thought that you're repeating that this is my income cap. So everything that's happening in your life, everything that you currently have in your reality is a manifestation of things that you've thought up until now. Mm. So what you can do is, because clearly you're a great manifester, you're manifesting all the things that you've been thinking up until now. So now that you're consciously aware of that, you have the power to choose what you do want to create or what the next level of creation would be. So pretend that all of your prayers have been answered and that you have everything that you could have possibly want, that you could possibly want. And write down, like, what is the six-figure version of you? What is the seven-figure? What is the $10 million version of you? Who is this person? How do they show up? How do they dress? How do they think? What are their beliefs? What do they do? Where do they live? Who do they have in their life? What podcasts are they on? What clients do they have? What books are they, you know, what publishers are they signing with? Right? So you can get really, really specific and have fun with this. And you'll start to notice if it feels good, then it's because that's your like internal guidance system. And also if you want to get a little more like spiritual, like that's the universe, that's God, if that's the way you want to look at things, like that's your source energy going ding, ding, ding. This is what we're here for. This is why we came into human form. (laughs) That is really, really good. And if you guys want to write your list and tag either of us on Instagram stories or tag us on Facebook, yeah, we both would like love that and get all the joy out of that. Like don't just listen to what you're hearing today, like apply it to your life. And Jen, if they haven't already, they're in the process of falling in love with you. Where do we go find out more about you online to connect with you further? 
Yeah. So you guys can find me everywhere at Hey Jen Casey. It's Jen with one N. Website is Hey Jen Casey. And I have podcast, The Inner Boss Podcast. All right. Well, thank you so, 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 so much. This was so thank good. Thank you. Thank you, Jerisha. You're the best. This episode was brought to you by my premium program, Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills you currently have into a four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash masterclass. I'll make sure you know everything you need to enroll high-ticket clients using simple sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who do not have an audience and don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to work. This is your time to gain the clarity you so desperately crave to confidently sell your services online. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash masterclass now.